Welcome to worship. Uh, I hope you had a very happy Christmas and it's nice to be joining you today for our Sunday service. It's just a shame we can't be meeting in person, those of us who've been able to, but we will for the next few weeks be meeting online instead until the situation uh, becomes a wee bit clearer with regard to gathering together on Sundays. We're going to begin our service this morning in the words of O oh God, our help in ages past. Let's worship God together. Let's join our hearts together in prayer now. Let us pray. Eternal God, we ask you to be near us this morning as we join together at the end of this year, a year like no other we've ever known. Be with us as we take the time to worship you for all that you mean to us. You have been our help in ages past. We come to this time this morning remembering all that you have done for us over these past 
12 months. We bless you for the ways that you have guided and taught us. For the decisions we've made, having sought your leading and guidance. And the lessons that we have learned by listening to your spirit in these challenging times. We bless you for the ways in which we've known your strengthening and your support. When the way has been hard but your presence has given us the courage that we needed to keep going. And we bless you for the occasions in joy and in sorrow when we've been especially aware of your nearness over this past year. And we come now to this time anticipating the year ahead, knowing that you will always be watching over us throughout it, constantly working out your purpose in our lives and shaping us into the people you both need us and want us to be. Lord, you call us to live as your people, to walk each day by your side, pursuing what's right and showing your love in our attitudes to others. Forgive us, Lord, that we sometimes make your call so complicated. We become preoccupied with the trappings of faith rather than focusing on the essentials. We profess a faith, but it often makes little difference to the way we live. Father, as we get ready for the coming of the new year, help us set ourselves once more to the task of seeing you more clearly, following you more nearly and loving you more dearly. Take us and shape us so that by your grace we might live as your people in this place and bring glory to Jesus in whose strong name we pray together saying Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. A few years ago, I started calling the service on the Sunday after Christmas the cheese board. Uh, rather than bringing you a heavy main course of a sermon, I chose a few short stories as a lighter bite to round off the feast of our Christmas services. Uh, I'm working on the premise that stories were Jesus' stock in trade and if they were good enough for him, I don't see why they aren't good enough for us, at least on one Sunday in the year. I always remember that in the Lord of the Rings, uh, Bilbo Baggins, who knew a thing or two about a feast, would describe the stages, the last stages of a large meal when almost everybody's full but despite that, tasty nibbles and treats, sweet and savoury, are brought to the table just to finish things off. Bilbo called that part of the meal filling out the corners. And that's what I hope to do today, just to fill out the corners with a few stories to get us thinking about our walk with God as one year draws to a close and a new one beckons to us. So here's the first reflection. 
Going forwards into 2021, I want us all to be more dusty. Now, knowing how house-proud some of you are, I know that sounds like your worst nightmare, so I better explain what I'm meaning. Uh, there was an old blessing that's found in the Jewish midrash or, or teaching tradition. People used to say, may you always be covered by the dust of your rabbi. May you always be covered by the dust of your rabbi. And what they meant by that is may you always be walking so closely with your rabbi, your teacher, that the dust that he kicks up with his feet lands on you. That's how close you should be to him. Now, I first heard that saying many years ago, but I came across it last week as I started reading a book called Letters to a young pastor, which I know I've got a cheek reading now that I am into my fifth decade. But when Eric Peterson entered the ministry, he and his father Eugene started to correspond regularly about their shared vocation. As a young man planting a church, Eric was keen to read all that he could about leadership. And after 29 years of leadership, founding and pastoring a church, Eugene approached things from a slightly different angle. And this was some of his advice to Eric. He said, our basic identity is not leader, but follower. Jesus never tells us to lead. He invites us to follow. Ray, who led our Israel pilgrimage last year, made a big thing of following the rabbi. He said it was an old, old tradition going back into pre-Christian Galilee. And the subject came up because people were always saying, Ray, what are we going to do today? Ray, where are we going? Ray, when are we going to have lunch? Ray, why are we going up this trail? And Ray wouldn't answer. He just ignored the questions. And then once in a while he would say something like, Listen, I know where I'm going. Trust me. If I tell you ahead of time what we're doing and where we're going, you start forming ideas in your mind that will probably be wrong. Walking by faith involves an openness to seeing and hearing what you don't know and can't anticipate. So follow the rabbi. Let the rabbi do it his way with his sense of timing. Trust him to make the right decisions along the way and to get you where he wants you to go. The irony is that the best leaders are those who know how to follow, how to listen and observe and be attentive to what is really going on, to the slow, quiet, unseen work of God that could so easily be missed if we weren't open to looking for it. Leadership is needed in every church and congregation at every level. But before we can be good leaders, we need to be good followers. We need to be covered in the dust of our rabbi, who is, of course, Christ himself. So, Lord, in the years ahead, help us grow in our attentiveness that we might only follow where you are leading. 
Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to heal with the light of your love. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to So are you an optimist or a pessimist by nature? Or maybe some other kind of est. There are many to choose from. Realist, physicist, gas and water, gas and fluid, utopist, wishing everything could be at the top instead of the bottom, the surrealist, not making sense, the communist, all about sharing, capitalist, where you want the cup to fill over. And then lastly, someone who made this slide is suggesting that we don't want water in there at all. We want something a wee bit stronger. I wonder where you are in all of that. There is a lot of talk at the moment in life about having the importance of having a positive mental attitude. And I have to confess, the, uh, the cynic in me rebels a little when I hear people telling me that everything will be just fine if I just change my attitude to it. Or maybe that's just a reflection of my negative mental attitude. But I think we all know that it's very easy to find ourselves feeling down when circumstances are difficult, as they have been for most of 2020. But there's definitely truth in the old adage that even if we can't change our circumstances, the one thing we can change is our attitude to them. That's the one thing we always have some control over. And as I was thinking about that, I remembered a poem I first saw last year and I thought it would be worth reading again today. It's by a young woman called Chani Gorkin. Chani says this. Today was the absolute worst day ever. So don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day. Because when you take a closer look, this world is a pretty evil place. Even if some goodness does shine through once in a while, satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart because true happiness can be attained only if one's surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control. And you'll never in a million years hear me say that today was a very good day. Dark words. But let's read that poem again from the bottom up. Today was a very good day. And you'll never in a million years hear me say that it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be attained because it's all in the mind and heart. 
And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while, even if this world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. So don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. Isn't that brilliant? She was only 17 when she wrote it. Back in the days when I was able to do hospital visiting, I'd often leave folk with a wee card with a quotation from Philippians in it. Paul said, don't fret or worry. Shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. And I love that. Paul is realistic enough to know that there will be things in life that get us down and bring us trouble. But the way forward in that isn't to camp out in our worries and to make them the place where we live. It's to turn those worries into prayers. Relocating the whole situation into the much wider context of God's constant abiding love for us. That's more than just a positive mental attitude. That's an opening up of our horizons so that we meet the God who is always there for us and allow his largeness and capacity to shape the way we think about what is going on in our lives. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to to finish this morning with some lines from Adrian Plass who I love for his sense of humour and his down-to-earth spirituality. He's writing about an experience that happened to him one day when he was at home uh, writing a book and this is what he says. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting in my study at my computer working on this book. I fiddled about with some bits I wrote yesterday, changing the odd word here and there and looking for better ways to express what I wanted to say. But suddenly the hum of the computer dies away to silence and the screen goes blank. I become aware that all the downstairs lights have gone out. The world, my world, seems to have stopped. The first thing I think is that I might have lost all of my fiddles and as writers will tell you fiddles are not that easy to come by. I wonder if I shall be able to remember them when the power comes back on. But how long will that take? 
And is it only our house that's lost its electricity? I can't see any light in the neighbouring houses, but most people are at work anyway, so that may not mean a great deal. And then through gaps in the bushes, I see our neighbour come out of her front door and look up to the sky. I call out the window to her. Have you lost your electricity? Yes, she calls back. Just a minute ago. Good, I say. It's not just me then. We wave and smile reassuringly at each other before retreating into our respective spaces again. So what shall I do now? Make a cup of tea? Well, I can't. The kettle won't boil. Although I could boil up some water on the gas ring. Yes, I might do that in a moment. But I stroll into the sitting room and drop into my favourite armchair. The house seems strangely quiet without those vague humming noises that emanate from electrical appliances when they're working. So what shall I do now? I can't carry on with the book for a while. How can I usefully fill this space that's been unexpectedly presented to me? I decide to use some of this time to pray. I pray for my family, one by one. For each of my three sons and their partners, for my daughter, Kate, for Bridget, and for myself, I rather enjoy praying into this profound silence. I fantasise that God has turned everything off to be able to listen with even greater concentration than usual. For a few moments after stopping praying, my mind goes blank. And then with absolute clarity, a name floats out of the silence and hangs like a word on a placard at the front of my mind. It's the name of an old friend I haven't seen in months, a capable, compassionate follower of Jesus. Her name continues to hang in front of me, glowing as though illuminated by the love of God. What does that mean? And what should I do about it? I go to my study and look up her name in my address book. There's no telephone number, but rather than give up, I ring directory inquiries and manage to get it from them. And when I ring, there's a pause before her husband answers and passes me on to her. I fear that I'm not very coherent, but I do manage to convey the fact that her name came to mind as I was praying and that I want her to know that God is lovingly with her in whatever she's doing or is about to do. She tells me that she and her husband are in the process of making important life decisions and that there's much more she could tell me at another time and place. All in all, I am very glad that I phoned. I go back to my armchair and I sit in the empty silence once more. So, I say to God, Am I to believe that this was all organised just so that I would stay quiet long enough for you to say that name to me and get me to ring my friend? As usual, God makes no audible reply. But just at that moment, the lights come back on. For a few seconds, I do my expiring fish impression. And then I get up and I go back to the study. The computer has recovered my fiddles, thank God. 
I must get on. I have this book to write. Some things may only be conjecture. But in my mind, two things seem fairly sure. One is that the power is back. And the other is that it never went away. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of life, we come to you. Lord of all, our Saviour be. Come to bless and to Manger Low. Let's take some time to pray together now. Let's pray. 
eternal God, Creator, Son and Spirit. At the cusp of the new year, with your help, we would let go of what we need to let go of from the past. We lay down our failures, our guilt and our regrets, memories of how things were that stop us from accepting how things are. We also let go of the future. Though we make our plans and we cultivate our hopes, we know that tomorrow is never ours to own and we have no implicit right to it. Help us not to be so busy thinking of the future that we miss out on today and help us not to burn up reserves of energy worrying about things that may never come to pass. Father, this present day is the day that you have given us. Help us live it as joyfully and faithfully as we can, knowing that you are with us here and now at every turn. Lord, at a time of great unease in the world, we thank you that you are the ground beneath our feet, the foundation upon which we build. Be with all whom we love in the year that lies ahead. Help us not to take one another for granted, but always to remember that each human being made in your image is a holy mystery and worthy of our time and respect. Be with all for whom this new year will bring significant change. Those getting married or expecting children. Those changing jobs or moving home. Those facing illness or bereavement or other challenges for which they feel unprepared. May they know you with them in whatever they face, giving them the strength and wisdom they need to make good choices. Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things. In you we live and move and have our being. Grow in us a faith that works in the real world, and keep our hearts and our homes open to the other, helping us live a life in you that is worthy of the name, because we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our friend and our saviour. Amen. We close our service this morning in the words of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. See you.
And now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.